Hello and welcome to the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Jones and this is episode 49. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the FDA warning about toxic dog treats, what you need to avoid, and what you can do about it. We're going to be discussing Pet Hall of Fame heroes. And lastly, a novel new treatment for epilepsy in dogs. Now Veterinary Secrets is on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search for Veterinary Secrets. We're also on Stitcher. You can download the Stitcher app and search for Veterinary Secrets. I would sure appreciate it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can do on do so on iTunes or Stitcher. And lastly, if you've yet to do so, I'd really encourage you to get a copy of my free book and my three free videos. They're at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. Now let's get right into today's podcast. To begin with, we're going to be talking about the toxic treat update. And specifically, this comes from the FDA, where they're saying that jerky treats have sickened 6,200 dogs, and they've killed 1,140. The illness reports also involve 26 cats and 3 people. And so more than 1,140 dogs have died after eating jerky pet treats. Out of 6,200 cases of jerky-related canine illness reported to the U.S. FDA from 2007 on. Complaints of illness have been associated with the consumption of chicken jerky treats, duck jerky treats, and even sweet potato jerky treats. The illness reports also involve 26 cats and 3 three people. Most cases involve products that were imported from China, but some resulted from treats labeled as made in the United States. Many affected animals so showed symptoms of a very rare kidney disease called Fanconi disease or Fanconi-like syndrome. Normally it's genetic. And specifically what we're seeing in these dogs is they actually have their showing signs of kidney failure. Um, the difference is though the actual toxin, whatever toxin it is, is actually damaging a specific part of the kidney cell or the nephron. Um, so it's a little bit more difficult to to diagnose. Reports of jerky-related FLS cases have declined in recent years. In part, some of this we think is because more and more stores and more people are aware of jerky treats causing these toxins. They're being removed from the stores. Um, and secondarily, um, just less pet owners are more aware of it and they're just not offering it to their pets. During the FDA investigation, antimicrobial antiviral residues in an imported duck jerky treat um, were found. But the exact cause of the cases have yet to be identified. The FDA continues to investigate the cause of the illness along with a variety of veterinary teaching labs. Um, Lab analysis has has looked for pathogenic bacteria, toxic metals, radioactivity, pesticides, many other potentially harmful materials, you know, things such as melamine that were a primary contributor to the the pet food recall. To date, they've yet to to actually come up with the specific cause, um, this Fanconi disease. The agency is continuing to caution pet owners about just not feeding pet jerky treats. And what they're suggesting is you look for more obvious clinical signs of your dog being affected by this toxin showing signs of kidney disease. Decreased appetite and or activity, vomiting, diarrhea, sometimes with blood or mucus. And the biggest one is what we see in most pets with especially moderate stages of kidney disease is increased water consumption and increased urination. So if your dog in particular has eaten a jerky treat or some type of questionable type treat, they're showing some of these clinical signs. First, get them into your veterinarian, get them tested. And secondarily, then encourage your veterinarian to report this to the FDA. So what I did is I, I, out of my own curiosity, I wanna know are these some of these treats still for sale? So in the small community I live in, I went to my visit my local big box store and I wanted to see, can I find myself a, uh, you know, a contaminated type, you know, chicken jerky treat. I was really happy to report that I wasn't able to find an, a specific chicken jerky treat like the ones that have been highlighted, but I did 
find sort of a, a jerky-like treat. Um, the one I found was, it's called Heart's Oinkies. It's a pork chick, chicken wrap type of treat. Um, also in it is sorbitol, another type of preservative. Sort of looks like a pan or a stick. It's very hard. Um, what was even more disconcerting is it's made in China. Then secondarily, I wanted to go to the other end of the spectrum and see if I could actually get a healthy treat, one that I'd be happy, you know, advising you guys feed your dogs. And what I found is one, it's dehydrated lamb liver. It was made in the USA, sourced from New Zealand. And that's when I would be comfortable feeding my dog. So what I want you to do is sort of take away three big points from all of this. Anytime you're looking at, trying to look at making a decision, is this a good treat that is potentially safe, healthy for my dog? First of all, the first big point, Look, is it real food? Is this something that you could go ahead and make in your kitchen? Could you make a heart oinky pork chicken wrap in your kitchen? No, you couldn't. But could you, could you get some lamb liver, dehydrate it, make that as a treat for your dog? You bet you could. That's real food. Really, really important. More than anything else, real food. The second big point, really make ensure as much as possible that you're getting locally made, lo locally sourced treats as much as possible. And the big, big thing here, really ensure that they're not coming from China. My last big point is you really want to make sure you're feeding these treats in moderation. Because the other thing that we found is that for majority of the dogs have been poisoned. There, more of them are the small breeds being fed far too many treats. And because of that, just based on the fact of whatever toxins in there, they're getting exposed to it on a much higher level, percentage of body weight. So take all these three big points, really put some thought into whatever you're going to be feeding your dog as a treat. And then I know by following that, you're actually going to be ensuring that whatever treat you give your dog is quality, it's safe, and it won't be hurting your dog. The next part of today's podcast is about one particular heroic pet. It was New Year's Eve and Brittany Cosgrove was in a very deep sleep. She woke to her brand new dog Leo barking incessantly. She had brought him home from Ottawa to her Vancouver apartment only a few weeks before. At first, Cosgrove thought that Leo was barking because there was someone in the house. She got up to check it out and discovered a fire was burning through her apartment. When I opened my bathroom door, I saw fire dripping from the ceiling onto the floor and there was a big black hole in the bathroom. The fire alarm in her building did not go off. Leo was my fire alarm, Cosgrove said. I don't even think I'd be here if Leo wasn't here. Her pup is one of three dogs being honored by Purina for saving their owners' lives. The Purina Animal Hall of Fame inducts three pets every year who have done something incredible to help people. Cosgrove and the other owners will receive $5,000 and a year's supply of Purina food for their heroic pets. It just takes my breath away, Cosgrove said of the honor. The prize money will jumpstart me back to get my life back together again, she said. After the fire, her belongings were all taken away because the building had asbestos. She said the Purina Animal Hall of Fame shows that animal senses can even be better than ours. The last part of today's podcast is about a novel new treatment for seizures, epilepsy in dogs, and it's called CBD. Currently, CBD oil, it's a natural extract from the cannabis plant, is being successfully used for thousands of people with epilepsy and now for thousands of dogs. CBD oil is much the same as many of the essential oils. It's a plant oil extract and it's non-psychoactive as it contains no, no THC. And this is what is getting people stoned. Um, here's a little bit more info about it and on epilepsy in dogs. So CBD, it has an important role in the future of medicine. It's a primary component of the cannabis plant, is non-psychoactive, which means that it doesn't produce the high commonly associated with marijuana. It's currently being used by many patients, both human and animal, who are seeking an alternative form of therapy without the unwanted side effects of typical drugs. Compelling research has shown that CBD may inhibit both seizure activity and the severity of such activity, and study results have pointed towards CBD being a potential therapeutic use in the treatment of epilepsies. 
Studies also indicate that the use of CBD in conjunction with certain anti-seizure medications may enhance the anticonvulsant effects of these drugs. Furthermore, studies indicate that chronic use of CBD has not been shown to elicit negative side effects and does not induce tolerance. And this is another big key point because many of the common veterinary medications, I'm thinking of uh, phenobarbital, potassium bromide, first of all, they do induce tolerance. So as your dog is on them, you have to, many cases, we have to up the dose. Secondly, we can get these more serious negative side effects. Once again, thinking of phenobarbital, how it can induce the liver enzymes. It's also affecting the liver. We're not seeing that in CBD. Um, interestingly then, I want to talk to you about the Colorado State Epilepsy Trial. They're currently studying CBD use in dogs for epilepsy, and they're looking for dog owners to enroll their new trial. Here, here's a little bit more information about the trial. It's called the efficacy of cannabidiol for the treatment of epilepsy in dogs. Who qualifies? Dogs with epilepsy that are receiving conventional anticonvulsants and having at least two seizures per month. Upon enrollment, every dog will be evaluated by a neurologist and any medication adjustments will be made prior to starting the trial. What's the purpose of the study? The aim of this study is to assess the efficacy of a component of the cannabis sativa plant, cannabidiol or CBD, in treating canine epilepsy. The CBD product is very low in the psychoactive component of cannabis, THC, making it very safe for use in dogs. Each dog will be randomly assigned to either a control group or a treatment group where they re will receive the CBD oil or a placebo for 12 weeks. So what's required? An MRI of the brain and a spinal tap to rule out any other underlying causes of seizures. A daily seizure log and behavioral questionnaire filled out by a single owner reassessment and blood work every four weeks. What are the benefits? Well, all costs related to the study will be covered in full, including the examinations, MRI, spinal tap, blood work, and the CBD oil. To enroll, interested participants can learn more by contacting one of our research technicians by e emailing csuneurotrials at colostate.edu or Dr. Stefani McGrath by calling 970-305-0455. And what I'll do, I'll put those specific uh, that email and that specific phone number under today's show notes. So thanks again, you guys. That concludes another episode of Inner Secrets. I encourage you to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, sign up for updates, and get my free books and my three free videos at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. And lastly, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for future, uh, just future suggestions when I'm going to have additional podcasts, please send me an email. And my email is podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. 